0: Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team, and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton. In 2018, we won at Nottingham Forest, and in 2019, we've already won an FA Cup third round tie. We're on a roll. We'll be looking back on that historic cup victory over Leeds United at the weekend while also reviewing our Christmas fixtures. It's certainly been a positive period for the Rs. Plus, we look ahead to Saturday's league encounter at another of the high flyers in Sheffield United. And we'll be catching up as well with winger Bright Assay Samuel. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Well, since, thanks very much for joining us. We'll be looking back on a, a whole host of fixtures over the uh, the busy Christmas period. But first of all, um, congratulations on your new role within the club. Obviously, been a club ambassador for a couple of years now. And you've taken on the role as a trustee of the QPR Trust. Al, how,
1: how much does that mean to you? That means a huge, huge amount. Uh, you know, I'm very, very honoured, very privileged, uh, very humbled, um, very excited. You know, when, uh, when Ruben sort of spoke to me uh, after one of the games, said that's what they were thinking, would I be interested? It took me about three seconds to reply. Um, and start to get your head around what what it's going to be and what it entails but uh, you know the community trust um, has done some uh, has done still does and will continue to do some amazing work um, community trusts involved with football clubs are huge uh, QBR is a community club mm-hmm. and we've got an excellent team credit to all the trustees big credit to Andy Evans and all his team for what they do uh, and I'm sure there's more to come so I look forward to playing a more active role if you like supporting what they already did and uh, yeah i'm excited qpr
0: has always been a community club but you look at the the owners we've got here it's something that means so much to all of the co-owners that the club does the right things with the community does all it can to to aid the local community as well and that's highlighted by the fact that one of the co-owners and of course the chairman of the trust ruben nanalingam sought you out to to personally ask you to become a trustee yeah, I
1: think that's credit to credit to Ruben and all the guys who are who are on there. You know, um, as I said, we do some fantastic work. We impact the lives of so many. You know, covering from three-year-olds right up to to 90 year ninety-year-olds. You know, mm. uh, covering all sorts of programs. I'm I'm fortunate that I that I've been involved in some, uh, gone into some. Uh, and as I say, I really really like what we do. And as I say, it's a massive part of our football club. Let's not underestimate the role it plays. We play at Loftus Road you know, every other week, but the community guys are on the ground, they're out in the community, they're, they're pushing their programmes forward every day, and they are the face of the club, and uh, congratulations to them, I know we're celebrating 10 years this year, and uh, they're going from strength to strength, so big congrats to them. Great stuff, and you talk about impacting on people's lives, nothing
0: impacts on people people's lives like an unbeaten Christmas period, it's been an excellent return.
1: <coughs> it's been brilliant um, You know you, you you come away from Leeds Early December And you, you're quite Disappointed in the manner That we lost But you're um, You're looking forward To the games coming up But if you had have said to me Driving back from Leeds You know um, We'll be sitting there First week in New Year Unbeaten uh, Played well With some You know Some really good performances And some good wins And good points I would have I would have taken that Any day of the week So yeah It's been uh, It's been been wonderful. Credit to Steve and all the squad and everyone connected to the club.
0: Yeah, Steve McLaren's buzzword always seems to be about reaction. If you, if you particularly if you get a bad result, how you react to it. And um, more so the performance than result. It's, it's, it's the performance that not means more to so him than the result because ultimately it is about results. But he, he gets more engrossed in what was the performance like. And a perfect demonstration of that is we lost at home to Hull at the start of December. We lost... Um, 3-2 and it was the performance that he was disappointed by we then went to Leeds and we lost 2-1 up at Elm Road, certainly no great disgrace, they're going very well this season but afterwards while he was naturally disappointed with the result, he felt there had been a reaction by the players because the performance was such that he said okay we've reacted we didn't get a result but we've reacted by putting in a performance and we've just gone on from there haven't we obviously Middlesbrough at home a great result against them, beating them 2-1 and then went into the the festive period of of fixtures and it started with the trip to Nottingham Forest and uh, everyone knows all about that and the um, fact it's been 84 years and 35 attempts is quite incredible if you waste any of your time thinking about it but to, to end that is was fantastic, wasn't it? Because it just gives the whole club a real bounce, a real lift, and the reaction at the city ground of the old <laughs> way end. I think the Forest fans thinking,
1: what is going on here? Because <laughs> when the final whistle went, it was like we'd just won a cup final. Well, you know, it has been a, a hell of a long uh, time coming. 80 odd years, I think, you know, 35 attempts, you know, and uh, we've finally put that to bed. But if I can just jump back to what you were saying about the performance, in anything you do in life certainly in football you know you usually if you get your performance right you'll normally get something you can be unlucky on you know you can be on the the wrong end of a bad decision but usually your performance dictates what sort of results you're going to get so uh, I fully agree with what Steve was saying but going back to Forrest you know everyone talks about the record we was talking about it the week before finally that's put to bed but Performance-wise against Forest, we were we were absolutely outstanding. Uh, there was obviously a game plan, you know, to go and concede quite a bit of possession, quite deep. Um, you know, look to hit on the break and rely on set plays, and uh, we got the winning goal. Tony leishner, you know, I thought on the day he scored that winning goal, but I thought his performance on that day in a makeshift back full, you know, he you had young Darnell in alongside him. He seemed to s- step up to the plate. I know you're probably gonna to touch on you know he, he he's he's rouse and rally and cry about and mm. you know we can make history etc cetera, etc cetera. but he got the winner on a day and his performance for me typified the whole team at right? Notts Forest and uh, it was a great win. Well just a word on that, Tony
0: Leisner and the fact that we did have this record and some it'd be interesting to get your thoughts from a, a player's mentality. Some people can almost not wanna hear, you know, we've never won there, it's been eighty-four years, we've this is our thirty-fifth attempt. Some people almost, oh, I don't want to hear that, and not shy away from it, but not want to hear about it, which I understand. But Tony Leisner, interestingly, said afterwards that in the team huddle just before kickoff, his whole talk was about we can be the ones that make history here. It was almost like he was putting it at the forefront of their minds. Rather than trying to ignore the fact, he used it as a, as a motivator to get us across the line. So from a, a player's mentality, I'd imagine that's, that's quite good. It's, a, it's quite a
1: strong approach, isn't it? I think it's fantastic. And certainly someone like Tony, who, let's face it, is new to the club. He hasn't played against Knox for us before. So he hasn't been part of that. Um, many people from the outside, so it's got nothing to do with him. But he's taken it. I wouldn't say he's taken them on himself, because I know leading up to the game, we spoke to Jake Bidwell, and he was saying exactly the same. You know, that record, records are going to come to an end sooner or later. Yeah. So as a player... I always used to look at records, if you haven't beat a side, you haven't played well against this side, I always used to think, you know what, next game gives us an opportunity to, to put that one to bed. Tony did it, big rousing, uh, rallying call to the troops, uh, the boys, and they went out and put on a great performance and a, a really, really good win. And having gone and, and beaten Nottingham Forest,
0: we then played Ipswich at home, and obviously Ipswich are at the foot of the, the Championship table, it's going to be very difficult for them, you think, over the course of the second half of the season. but. Most QPR fans were saying this would be so QPR to go to Nottingham Forest and win for the first time in 84 years and then lose at home to the team bottom of the league. But it was a very professional performance, a comfortable 3-0 win against Ipswich and just, just so much encouragement it could take just from the way things
1: are progressing. Well, you You used the words uh, professional, and that's what it was. You know, uh, you come back from Forest with all that goes around that. You know, uh, Boxing Day is always a tricky one uh, for various sort of reasons. You know, bottom of the table, you, you think the expectation around the place is we've probably just got to turn up and win this, but... Football's not like that, you've got to go and earn that right. I was relatively impressed with Ipswich, to be fair, as a bottom of the table team um, in terms of the way they wanted to play in their possession. I didn't think they were ever really going to hurt us, to be fair, and it was just the case. First goals are key, any level of football, any game. We got that. Uh, you know, Nacky Wills, instrumentally in a long range strike, keep fumbles a little bit, credit the path for following in, who's been, you know, excellent over recent months. You know, he's starting to get that. End product from his endeavour that we know he's got. Then we get another goal from a set play. Uh, you know, Freeman's delivery again. Uh Lynchy back in the side. Now that's a big call actually from Steve, you know, to bring Lynchy back mm. in. Just kept the clean sheet, just made yeah. history. Up at Forest, but Steve's gone, you know what? This is my favoured centre back pairing. Puts Lynchy in, he responds with a with a second goal. And I thought Pretty much that was the game done and dusted. The second half developed in, for me, a little bit of a lull, where I didn't think they were going to score. It was just a case of could we step it up? But that game, for me, was was lightened up with a moment of magic from Naki Wills. You know, that goal. Great team goal. Yeah, The goal he scores, you know, was it 20 passes or something? Ilyas cheers, just come on, plays a little role in it. But individually for Naki, to have that awareness of where he is in the box know exactly what he's doing, use the pace of the ball to let it run across him. And his finish was sublime. You know, I could watch that type of goal time and time and yeah. time again. But yeah, a really good victory, great professional performance. And uh, you talk about well, you, players, Ilias Chair's little
0: pass into Naki Wells. And afterwards, Ilias Chair said, through playing with Naki day in, day out in training, he knows Naki likes to make that late forward run to the near post, so... It almost looked like a a blind pass, if you like, from Ilyas Sheik. He's right over in the corner and he's just put it into that area. But I suppose it's that knowledge of your teammates that Naki was gambling on that and Ilyas knows he likes to make that gamble.
1: Well, that comes from the training ground, you know, working with players and understanding what they like. All players have got their strengths and they'll make certain things that you get used to and that comes, as I say, with continuity, playing with players, training with players every day. But Ilyas, you know, he... He's played a key role in that, um, in that little cutback he plays is, is really, really good. But Naki's finish is, mm. is fantastic
0: for me, brilliant. Um, and then on to Reading, a 0-0 draw, Reading a second bottom in the table. Was that a game where we, we slipped up?
1: Well, a lot of people thought we've set, so. we set that?
0: such high standards, that's <laughs> our
1: problem. A lot of people thought so on the day, you know, at the <laughs> final whistle, I was a... Uh, you could sense a, a bit of disappointment around mm. but you know um, again Redden I think going into that game was second bottom just got a new manager a week before yeah. 10 days before point to prove you know we go in just one three in a row expectation high let's just roll these over but Redden, I thought you know they were really really good mm. certainly dominated possession in the first half you know as a as a QPR fan, I don't like to see a side outloft this road having 60 odd percent possession. But um, we grew into the game, got better in the second half, um, and created a few chances, but it wasn't to be. But you walk away nil nil, you take a point, but if you put that into the mix of the four games combined, 10 points from four, you'll yeah. take that all day long.
0: And at the full time whistle, we were a point off the playoffs. Then Derby got a late equaliser, which made it two points. Then they got a late, late winner, which made it four <laughs> points. quite incredible. Um, and then on to Aston Villa, just very briefly on that. Uh, a 2-2 draw up at Villa Park. and That's certainly an excellent point to take, particularly having having gone a goal down midway through the first half. And you think It's going to be very difficult for us now to, to come back, but it was a, a great
1: response. And what a goal from Luke Freeman to get us back on parity. It was a... Uh, you know, the celebrating a new year if you like couldn't think of a, a better place to go Villa Park steeped in history 40 on from close to 40,000 but I think it showed or we showed on the day we've got a bit as a team we've got a bit of everything we can play uh, we can we can attack we're not frightened of anyone and we can dig deep when mm. we have to we can play in hostile environments yeah. So uh, so for me that was a that was a really good performance, a really, really good point, you know, to go a goal behind. Um, for me, the pleasing thing about that game is once we went a goal behind, it didn't seem to affect no, us. No,
0: we seemed to actually react to
1: it rather than cling on. We yep. seemed to grow. Uh, you know, when we, we, we start creating things, we put a few things at the box. And Barry had a fantastic chance, you know, which he was just a little bit off balance and stretching. But Luke Freeman... You know, I've just mentioned Naki Wells' goal against um, against Ipswich. Luke Freeman at Aston Villa, water strike. Made picks of thirty-five yards, there from goal central. It's only one thought on his mind. He sets himself, he steadies himself, and <laughs> he crashes an unstoppable left-foot strike. In brilliant goal. Uh, and great to see a as he score as well. Been a long time for a You know, uh, people were starting to say, "Oh, he hasn't scored for 15, 16 games." Uh, uh, been a key part of the revival. You know that we've that we've gone through after the horrendous opening sort of start of the season, but again, Abere's goal, great team goal, good break. You know, Luke um, does well, Pav does brilliant. I think we saw signs on that goal, Pav's renewed confidence, if you like, because he's actually picked. Naki's on a, a, a near post run, but he's he's cutting behind. Where Aberey's at the far post on Mark's Still got a hell of a lot to do. Great finish and delighted for him.
0: Yeah, and I think it's worth remembering as well, Abiré, he's only 20 years old, and he's only started 34 games at championship level. He's an absolute novice. He's at right at the infancy of his career. His problem, if you like, if it is a problem, is he's got so much potential, people expect him to be right at the top of his game every week. And whoever you are, I imagine that's not possible but certainly when you're in the infancy of your career it's it's not possible and there there is almost that
1: is there too much expectancy on him well come back to the points you're making they're, they're great points and I I probably say it whenever I'm interviewed you know he's a fantastic talent he's done brilliantly well but you're right he's still in the infancy of his career learning his trade and I try and Damping it down to a degree, you know, because what is he, 20, 21? Hell of a lot of expectation. You know, he's a confident young man. Um, He'll have his ups and downs, his peaks and troughs, as a as a young player does. But I see signs every time I see him. Maturity. He's a great kid as well. Works his socks off, um, and he's doing really, really well. But uh, just getting that balance right of telling people and purring about how good he is and things he can do. But at the same time, just saying, you know, we'll put the reins on a little bit. He's mm. still a young boy learning his trade. and what uh, he's doing just like some of the other young guys in the, in the squad. Doing really, really well. What was the most pleasing game from the Christmas period for you? Probably, <laughs> probably Forest, because, yeah. uh, you know, we not stop talking about that. The performance <laughs> up at Forest. But probably for me, I think it go somewhere like Aston Villa with a quality the names they've got in their squad, uh, the money that they've spent, the hostileness of the crowd. um, For us to to show the type of performance that we we showed, the maturity, the skill levels, um, being able to dig deep when needed, I think that was really, really pleasing for me because that, to me, shows that we've got nothing to be frightened of. We Mm. can play, we can compete. And I've just mentioned the two things about Villa. We're above them in the table. So, uh, credit to everyone for that.
0: And I'll tell you what's interesting as
1: well is, after the,
0: the first four games of the season that we lost, and we, we brought in four players in, Angel Rangel, Toma Hamed, Naki Wells and Jeff Cameron, and we quickly got better and better, and people were saying, cool, good job we got those four in, and I'm absolutely not disputing that. But what is interesting, in the last, over the Christmas period, only one of those four was available, and we were still able to go to Nottingham Forest and win, comfortably beat Ipswich at home, Okay, a nil-nil draw with Reading, and then go to a place like Villa Park and get a very hard-fought draw. And that's with only one of those four players available. So it says a lot about what's happened on the training pitch with
1: effectively the same group of players. Now, I think those players that you mentioned, you know, the experience, that was needed, much needed. And I think they've played a huge, huge role in, in turning our fortunes around. But as you say, over recent games, uh, the likes of Toma and Jeff and Angel haven't been in the side. But I think what's what you're seeing now is you can learn from those players of what they've done on the training ground, how they conduct, how they act, how they how they react to adversity sometimes. Mm. And I think that's starting to come through because, as I say, we've been excellent without them. Yep, we're delighted we've got them. We need them back. But as I say, let's give credit to the guys who've stepped in and really stepped up to the plate and put in some good performance and helping us on this run that we're on.
0: Yeah, and uh, just finally on the, the Christmas period, or in fact the season to date, the goals have been spread out, which is always encouraging, isn't it? You're not relying on one particular player to put the ball in the back of the net. Luke Freeman, Naki Wells and Pavel Showick have all got six goals this season and Bir has got four. So it's uh, encouraging to see
1: goals coming from different areas of the pit. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, you're not reliant on on one man. And if he dries up, or gets a knock, or gets an injury, then you uh, you're not sure where your goals are coming from. I think the way the team is playing um, and evolving, you know, there's goals from all over the pitch. And uh, yeah, Naki, yeah, you know, he didn't score for eight or nine games. People say, you know, he's a straight. He hasn't scored. His contribution to the mm. team was brilliant, and he's always going to score goals. Luke, we know, has got quality both with uh, you know set plays, his deliveries, assists, and uh, he can add goals. Pav, I've already spoke about. You know, we're now starting to see end product in terms of goals return and assists yeah. from him. And Young Abere, you know, will always score goals because of the talent he's got. So, uh, so yeah, put into the mix that you know Tony Leichner has got a couple of really important goals scored the winner at Reading and mm. scored the winner at Forest. Lynch. Hit the bar twice against the Regan. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the bar twice, you know, and uh, Lynch is chipped in with a couple mm. and uh, Jake gets a goal at the weekend, uh, Mass has got a couple. So, uh, so yeah, goals, goals from all over the park. Four points off the playoffs, take that at this stage. I certainly would. Uh, I, just, I certainly would have done after four games of the season. <laughs> but, uh, a, listen, there's a hell of a lot of football that we played yet. Yeah, there's a long, long way to go, but... I sound a little bit old school and a little bit pragmatic, you know, let's, let's move on to the next game, see what that brings. Keep accumulating points, whether it's one or three, keep your runs, keep your level of performance high, your consistency high. And I think we're seeing with this league this year, it's very, very open, so, so who knows, I think we're in a great position.
0: Tickets are on general sale for QPR's next home game. It's against Preston North End on the 19th of January, Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff. To book your seat, visit eticketing.co.uk forward slash QPR. Okay, so we've spoken there about the the recent run of form in the the league over the Christmas period, and then we had a break from the Skybet Championship for the third-round cup tie against Leeds United. It was another unwanted record um, trying to get into the fourth round of the fa cup for the first time of asking without the need for a replay something we hadn't achieved since 1996 um both and we're playing against Leeds to the top of the championship so certainly not a shoe-in in in terms of a result both sides made changes what were your thoughts on the starting lineup for qpr
1: i always thought steve was going to rest a few um yeah key players obviously joe Got his facial injury up at in Villa, yeah. four or five days, so that was always going to be one for me. I always felt, you know, you put your manager's hat on, you know, with um, Tom being out, I thought Naki Wells would get a rest. Mm. And it was just the case of what else he did, you know, but um, more importantly, I saw the Leeds manager announce his team two days before, yeah. and I just looked at what he was doing and I thought, I'm not sure what Steve's going to do, and that's a manager's decision. But I thought, you know, we got a great chance. Once I saw yeah. that Leeds were leaving the likes of Roof and Hernandez yeah. and Klitschek. you know, they, they were there a couple of defenders anyway. Conceded ten in the last four games with what you would say their strongest sort of side uh, back four. So, um, so yeah. So Steve made changes. I thought a couple of the the, the younger boys who we brought in really did themselves a power of good in their performance. So, uh, so yeah, um, a pleasing win. Yeah, and it was interesting the changes he made were,
0: were largely forced upon him. Obviously, Joe Lumley, you, you spoke about. Joel Lynch had been struggling. Tony Leisner, um has also had a, an injury. He's been shrug- struggling with. Mean, Pavel Schoek obviously went off against um, Aston Villa in the second half with a, a knock to the, the Achilles ankle area. And Naki Wells has been playing with a, a, de- a dead leg for the, the last couple of games. So I think it was... I don't know if opportunity is the right word, but there was a a chance to sort of give them time to recover without going through another fixture. But then in in doing so, he also kept in a lot of the the first teams as well, in terms of players like Luke Freeman, Jake Bidwell, who you could argue may may have, you could make a point for them having a rest because they're playing week in, week out. But he was very keen to make progress in this competition. So he was trying to get that balance right between there are players that I do need to give a rest after, like uh, a prime example is Darnell Furlong. Not played all season, played four games in ten days. Naturally, there's going to be fatigue there, regardless of how fit you are as an individual. Yet he was put straight in because we had the, the injuries uh, to Lynch and Leissner where they needed to, to be rested. The players that came in, just how well did they do? A
1: couple of them I thought did really, really well. You know, I would probably single eight. Um, Remote, you know... What do you like about him? Well, he burst on the scene, what was it, 16, 17, 18 months ago. Uh, and I really like what I saw there, you know, with his, his all-round game as a centre-forward. Then he seemed to disappear out of the, the picture. Well, didn't seem to, did. Um, you know, continued his progress at the, the, the 23 level. And credit to the coaches, you know, who've worked day in, day out with him. Um, there's a player in there, what have what I liked about Rem? You know, his movement, he's quick. Uh, his holder play was seems to have come on leaps and leaps and bounds. He's a confident young lad, as we showed by grabbing the ball for the penalty, mm-hmm. you know, which is no mean feat for a twenty year old, certainly in front of a packed away end Leeds. Yeah. You know, I've done that I've done that walk in front of Leeds <laughs> fans. <laughs> and I'll just say, uh Rem won one better than me. <laughs> so we'll so we'll leave it at that. But uh, no, that really, really uh, pleased me his all round game. Uh, you know. He's a goal scorer as well. If you look at the output of goals he gets in the 23s, can he transfer that into a first team level? Well, we won't really know until he gets a run of games. But um, in terms of, I think the way Steve wants his front players to be, mobile, can run channels, can bring people into the game. Rem fits that bill. I thought he was excellent uh, on Sunday. Brighter say Samuel. I think is showing signs of real maturity. You know, he's been here a year now. Chances have been a bit limited, but he's growing, he excites me. Why does he excite me? Because as a former wide player, I think he's always positive when he gets the ball. I think his first thought when he receives the ball is, can I get at my fullback? Can I put my fullback on the back foot mm. uh, rather than kind of get it and play safe and square? And uh, So he's improving and I thought his performance was really, really good. Great to see Grant Hall back in the side and get a full ninety odd minutes under his belt. You know he'll yeah. be he'll be better for that. And let's face it, eighteen months ago Grant was our arguably our main player. So he's had some real bad luck and misfortune. So from that point of view, from a human element, really delighted to see him back and playing. And if he can get minutes and keep progressing. That's almost like signing a brand new player and signing a top class player at our level mm. as well. So uh, so yeah, that was that was pleasing for me. You talk about um
0: Ote there as well, like you say, he sort of disappeared from the first team picture for the last 18 months or so. And it's, you can almost forget about him entirely because you're just thinking about the first team just from a, a support point of view and then he returns and it's like, oh yeah, okay. Obviously, I could imagine a lot of work goes on in that 18 months to almost Getting back to that stage. And I'm not, I, I can't talk about Aramidiote personally. I'm obviously not involved in all of that. But what I'm saying is for a young player to have a bit of first team and then not have any for a few months, mentally, that must be so hard to get yourself going again. And when you're seeing younger players around you getting the opportunity and you're not getting it, and I'd imagine it leads to self doubt and numerous other challenges. From your point of view as a young player, did you
1: experience anything similar to that and how difficult is it? Not to that extent where you're playing and you go a, a long, long way out of the scene. Um, and let's face it, I'm a bit like you. I don't know REM to a degree, but there was probably or there must have been reasons why he went from where he was to out the picture. I'm not saying what they could be or, or whatever. But, you know, I, I say to young players, when you're going well and when you're training and you, you get into the first team, that's the start. That's mm. the start. You've actually got to do that and some and more, you know, that's to, to, to keep in there. Um, so credit to the coaches, you know, because he's gone back to the 23s, he's continued his development. And uh, as I say, it can be tough for young players, you know, mentally to, to feature. They're mm. not, just as you say, credit to Rim. Yeah, you know, he's stuck at it, and he's he's worked his way through things on the training ground. He's obviously put himself back in the the mind of Steve. Steve selected him the other day, and let me tell you, he wouldn't have done himself any harm with anyone. And just by his movement, his endeavour, that gets crowds going as well. Mm. So, that um, yeah, full credit to him and everyone involved with uh, young remoter and uh, he's one for the future. Yeah, and. Um
0: Obviously, the second half, it was uh, an interesting one because you're looking thinking, oh, it's going to be a replay, the run's going to continue, and then Jake Bidwell pops up, one of the unlikelier goal scorers, and, of course, he won the penalty, let's not forget. Um, it was a, a good header from him, and it, it caps off good performances that he's been put, putting in week out. It's interesting to know that after the game, he was getting all the plaudits, was voted the man of the match, and it's because, obviously, he's effectively had one assist and a goal, it's not normally what a defender is is judged upon, but when you do stuff like that, you meet, you,
1: you get more noticed. But what are your thoughts on how Jake Bidwell has done this season? I think he's been excellent. You know, Jake came to us from from down the road a couple of years ago. I had seen him play a number of times, and what I thought of was Jake was you know steady Eddie, seven out of ten every week, which is that's some achievement in itself. You know, we talk about performances and consistency. Jake was that. You know, he. Last season he played as a wing belt which by his own admission he preferred to play in a back four. Uh, and he's gone in this season. I think with Luke playing in front of him but Luke's got a little bit of licence to wander inside a little bit so still creates the space and Jake gets forward really, really well. So I think his level of consistency, I might be right, I think he's played every game mm. so that tells you something as well. You know, Both as him as a professional, the way he trains, the way he looked after himself but he's, his consistency levels have been excellent. I thought he's defending... The other day, in particular Leeds, his positional play was brilliant. He made a couple of really timely uh, tackles. His distribution was good. And the Brucey bonuses when he goes up for a corner. Yeah. And chips in with a winning goal. It was something, you know, we had tried two or three times during the game. Coming out of the crowd and getting around the back. But uh, he's still got a lot to do. Great header. For me, Leeds, no one on the post. Makes it a little bit easier. But, uh, no, well done to Jake Not only for his goal the other day, but for his season so far. And I'm sure he'll want to keep his, just like the rest of the team, he'll want to keep his level of performance and his consistency where it is at the moment. Bidwell and Freeman down the left, it's like
0: Wilson and Sinton. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That's
1: a blash of the past. But uh, but no, again, you know, I think, uh, I think I'm but right. But you on. often talk about your partnership. Those yeah. two have played every game. Yeah. They all suddenly, well, not suddenly, they will now have a almost a telepathic yeah, understanding. Yeah, and you, can see, you yeah, can see it the way you know, they... And Luke, with the way Steve sets the team up, there's, there's obviously license for Luke to, you know, if you look where he scores his goal from Aston Villa, he's dead centre in the middle yeah, of the pitch. Yeah. You know, go on, have that wonder, have that freedom. It gives people a problem, but Jake's intelligent enough to know when when um, when Luke tucks inside the space on the eight side, and as I say, he's been excellent. And just a word on Matt Ingram. He'll be disappointed with
0: uh, Leeds' opening goal, but his reaction to that. We said at the top of the show about Stephen Claren always talks about reaction, and Matt Ingram's reaction to that. Was excellent, wasn't it? In the second
1: half, in particular, he pulled off a really big save. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, you feel a bit for Matty, certainly in the first half. He's back in uh, start of the season. Didn't go as not only for him, yeah. You know, for the whole group. Uh, and if you look at that start of the season, there we mentioned it. You know, I don't think there was too much blame attached to Matt Ingram, mm. but he was part of a side that was shipping goals. Uh, managers made decisions since then. Joe Lumley's been excellent. Matt steps in the other day. Um, makes that little error then you're just looking at him or i'm looking at him quite closely saying you know what where's his character now Mm. and as i say what he did in the second half he answered that because he made a few important saves he came and caught a few crosses his distribution in the second half was good Mm. so credit to him you know yeah he'll be disappointed but as you say once it's in it's gone it's how you bounce back how you how you get on with the next one so, uh, so credit to him for his second half performance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Portsmouth in the next round at Fratton Park. Your thoughts on that one? Your first comments on it this morning when you arrived at
1: the train ground was, "Oh, it's hostile." There. Played there a couple of times, and uh, you know they get right behind their team. Um, like many Rangers fans, you know, I was watching the draw live last night, and you you're looking. I think there's about eight eight teams left in, and you think, you know, who we're going to get? Um... Portsmouth will be a big test. They're going well. Top of the league, five points clear. You know, Kenny Jack has done a, a really, really good job there. You know, they've got goals on the side. I was just looking last night, you know. Jamal Lowe ten in the league. Curtis nine in the league. Uh, Gareth Evans eight in the league. So mm. they'll 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 have a they'll have a threat. They won twelve out of the last fifteen games in all competitions. So that tells you what a tough ass it's gonna be, but uh, but, you know, you, 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 you take it. I think both teams will look at the game and think they can win it. So it's a case of us going, um, going down there. We fear no one. We You know, it's about that level of performance. Steve will have them well, well prepared. We'll respect them fully, as we should do. And, uh, yeah, let's hope we can progress. And I'm sure we can. Great stuff. OK, um,
0: let's now catch up with a man who has helped us um, to progress in the FA Cup. So we have got that game against Portsmouth to look forward to. Let's now catch up with winger Bright Asayi-Samuel. Okay, Bright, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. Winning in the Cup, that's not something we're known for at QPR. How did it feel
2: to be a part of that? Um, I felt amazing. I mean, we started off well. I think we played very well as a team. And obviously there was a few young lads, including myself, that played and um I think we all put in a good performance, um, to impress the graph- the gaffer. So I think as a overall we, we played well and it just shows our character as well, um, when they scored for us to keep um, keep fighting and get the goal. So yeah.
0: Was that at the forefront?
2: That's I think, oh. back here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we've got something beeping in the background. There's something that's attached to you to make sure you're doing all your work out on the, the training thing, so we'll carry on. Uh, we assume the beeping is because yeah, you've reached yeah, your target, yeah, like yeah. your 10,000 steps or something. Um, from your point of view as a player, going into that game, were you aware that QPR have got this bad record in the Cup? Because the reason I ask is Tony Lyson said in the lead-up to when we beat Nottingham Forest at the City Ground, we spoke about it in the heart of we can be the ones to make history. Was it something that you again embraced as players? Like, right, OK, we're not particularly strong in this area. We can be the players that change that.
2: I mean, I was, I was aware of it. Um, I mean, even last year, we, we lost to Zor in the same round. So uh, I knew that um, we, we haven't gone past that round in a while. And that just showed that um, there's another thing why we had to play well and make sure we, we won. And yeah, like I said, we, we played well and got the win.
0: And Was it at the forefront of your thinking, like you, you mentioned like catching the gaffer's I showing what I'm capable of, you know you're starting, you're not coming on for the last 10 where you're trying to get involved and make an impact, like, OK, I've got the, the game here to show what I'm I making. mean,
2: I just, I just had to be myself. I, I knew if I was myself and I played how I normally played, then my ability would show through. And, um, yeah, I knew I had to impress the gaffer, obviously. I ain't not played in a while, but like I said, I just had to show my confidence on, on the ball and off the ball as well. And yeah, luckily, yeah, I, I done well.
1: So I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, listen to what you have saying there. So that's a, it's a big step, it's a big game to go into. But you're obviously really, really happy, and you should be yeah. with your own performance.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you felt you played well. Um, I think I played well, but um, like with me, I always want to make sure I've, like, i scored a goal, assist, or do something to help the scoreline and obviously I had a chance in the first half which I should have scored and it still bites me but (laughs) um, Is that when uh, Abiro played you through? Yeah, played me through, yeah and you
0: had the tussle with the defender physically got the better of
2: him Yeah, but It
0: was a good save It was a good
2: save it was a good save but the win was the most important thing so I'm happy with that, yeah
0: Is that how you you judge your own performance?
2: Yeah, I mean my dad especially he he watches my game so even if i play well he would like want to know like the things i could improve on and that's one thing where i could improve on like scoring goals or um, creating assists to help the team so yeah
0: do you say are you all ears when your dad's telling you you're like give it rest dad
2: um, yeah or does well, it depend <laughs> on the mood it depends i mean like i know myself um when there's things i need to improve on but um from a dad Um, from my dad telling me I know it means a lot so Mm. um, I just listen to him and anything I need to breathe on I try and do it just the same way my man the the gaffer, and the players and people that are willing to help me I just try to listen yeah
0: what was your dad's assessment of your performance against
2: Leeds he said I played well but I should have taken my chances I think I had a few opportunities where I shot <laughs> and some went straight to the keeper. So I think I just need to be more clinical in the box and outside the box and just try to get in the box more often as well. Which
1: that's something you're working on in training on a daily it's basis? You know, definitely. to try and if you think or your, your, your damn thinks you need to improve on that, is that something you're uh, conscious of and spending a little bit extra time doing?
2: Definitely. I mean, I, I do extras with we used to and Chris um, just crosses, being in the back post, which that's something I know I need to improve on a lot um, because you never know, like, there could be an opportunity at the back post and that's just a simple tapping, which mm. I need to improve on that. But um, as overall, yeah, we've used the guards just um, improving day by day and working on my weaknesses to try and make them a, a strength as well since I'm
0: putting you on the spot here but as a (coughs) former winger who obviously played at the very highest level what impresses you about Bright's game?
1: I love the fact as a a wide player um, he always seems to be positive when he picks it up I think your first thought is can I get out the fullback can I put him on the back foot I see a lot of wide players at various levels they get it and they play inside or they play safe what I like about young Bright is when he picks it up his first thought is can kind I of get at someone you know he's got an electric pace far quicker than I was and as I say he's working really really hard on his you know his end product and he's crossing and he's tight across and getting into the box and um, as I say I've been really really impressed with him I know it's been I'll come back to you a little bit you know you've been here a year your chances yeah. have been quite limited has that been a little frustrating or did you know that when you were calm it was going to be a settling in period but you're now starting to are really getting close to to showing the manager, you know what, I'm ready for this team now. I'm ready for this level now. Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, um, when, when I first signed, I knew I was playing against top players in my position. But um, that's also a positive because I knew I would improve as a player myself, learning from players who are playing or starting already. So that was a positive for me. But like I said, like every single day in training, just try to impress the manager and when I get my chances on the field, I just try and have an impact as he always says and that can only put an eye on the gaffer to know that I'm, I'm doing my thing so. yeah.
0: Steve McLaren spoke highly about you afterwards he said one of the challenges is not specifically you in terms of the younger players is he wants to get you involved but his current first team if you like is doing so well and getting the results so it almost ties his, ties him up a bit that he can't make those changes from your point of view, is that something you recognise, it, while I imagine it's frustrating, you're not starting, but you think, well, I've got to wait for the opportunity to come in and make it an impact because they're going and getting results. It's more difficult to go and bang on his door and say, I should yeah, be in.
2: Definitely. I mean, um, if someone's doing well, then why take him off? It's just the same thing if if I, if I was playing and we're winning. And you, you'd want I, the same. Yeah, I'd want the same. So I, I understand that point of view, but then again, it's still frustrating because... As a player, I always want to play. Just want to play, yeah. I just, just want, want to play. always play, regardless what the situation is. But I mean, I just have to wait for my opportunity and just keep working hard in the training ground. And hopefully things will come my way.
0: Well, we see you linking up with uh, Ibire on the pitch very well uh, against Leeds on Sunday. Uh, you're good mates with Ezzy off the pitch. And that was before you came to QPR, was that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, we went. Our schools were close, uh, not far from each other. And we used to play against each other in school. And then we played in the same district. And that's how I knew Ebbs and just played from Young and knew each other from Denham.
0: Is there any other players from that district team that have made
2: it? Um, Mark Boller, he was at Arsenal but now at Blackpool. And um, Fred Oyedemar for Millwall.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being a defender against that district <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah. Give us a break. <laughs> um, and it, in terms of yourself now, what's your target for the second half of the season?
2: Um, I think try and get involved with the team more um, as in play more games and um, just every time I, I, I do play try and you know have an impact but then like I said I, I always, I always want to get assists or goals mm. so I think that's the main target to obviously play more games and then when I have the opportunity to try and make sure I do something with it. I, an assist or create goals or yeah.
0: And the style of play that we have that's perfect for you isn't it where we're sort of sitting almost setting traps and then breaking at pace you, you must be loving it when you're on the pitch and desperate to be on the pitch when you're not because we play the way that you probably asked to play
2: yeah definitely I mean the style of play in my opinion I think it suits me because um, I know I'm quick and obviously we counter in such a fast paced fast pacer and um i think that would definitely suit me because of my qualities i can i can bring but yeah just like i said just wait and wait for my opportunity to see what happens
0: and just in terms of the dressing room steve mclaren uh, said recently that he's worked with many changing rooms and in terms of the the spirit of the squad this is one of the best he's ever worked with um obviously you're part of that dressing room Was the first four games and the challenge of that what has almost helped make it so special as a group that you all went through that pain, if you like, together?
2: I mean, the first four games, I still think our dressing room was still good. I mean, we were still together, but I think with the new players that came in as well, that really helped because I think the likes of Jeff, he's such a big character, and he's someone that gives good advice because he's experienced it before. So um the lads of me, a midday Elias all the younger lads, we listen to him a lot because he does give advice and tells us what's wrong and what's right, but there's other people in the in the dressing room, and I just think our dressing room is is good, I think we're together, regardless of the scoreline um and yeah
0: who when we were going through that tough spell, were there voices in the dressing room that were almost Keeping the spirits up because it must be almost quite natural for to go almost into yourself. Not talking about you specifically, but as an individual to go quite into yourself when results are going wrong. Were there people within that dressing room who sort of kept the spirits up despite
2: the results? Um, I think there was quite a few lads. Um, Those the likes of t- um, Tony or Lynchy. Um, yeah, like they. Like I said, like when things weren't going right. They still kept us together. Just took trying to keep the belief yeah, up. Yeah, trying to keep the belief up, knowing that um, things can change because anything can happen with football. And that was the main thing, just to be together and keep working hard as a team and as an individual.
1: How key was the gaffer and the coach and stuff at that period of the season? Mm-hmm. You know, you've just come off four defeats in a row. They're obviously disappointed. They're hurting, just like everyone. Being a player myself, sometimes I used to look at managers how they were after defeats or heavy defeats. How they came in on a Monday, how key were they to to keeping very level and not getting too carried away with the doom and gloom that was all around. They deserve a hell of a lot of credit. But what did, what did, did you notice what they did at that time?
2: I think um, <clears throat> during that period, for me, my opinion, I think um, I think they were just more like. Just trying to give us more, conf- more confidence as a team and as an individual I mean that like they're praising lots like in training if you've done something good they' still praise you and things like that for me I think gives me confidence, yep. knowing that the the manager still got my back and that's been like, one thing i I noticed he done during that spell. just try to give the players confidence and, and
1: that can be if I just jump in there that can be quite a a difficult thing for a manager to do you know' cause he's getting criticized from here, there and everywhere you know but uh, that's so key for a player at those times of adversity that like you still think the manager believes in you you still think he believes yeah. in the team and dressing room, and you can play your way out and I have to say the turnaround since a horrible start of the season has been has been amazing so uh, so credit to credit to credit to the staff but credit yeah. you guys as a players. So you guys have got to go on the pitch and, and do it and turn it Definitely. around and you must be Thrilled as a group, the way it's Definitely. you know we're four points ahead inside the playoffs. You know we don't. I feel looking at you as a team, we don't fear playing anyone, no say. matter who it is where, yeah. where we're playing. And I think, and you must feel as part of the group, there's a hell of a lot to look forward to in the second half of the season.
2: Definitely, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because um, even another thing I believe is that um, when we're playing, I think we're so hard to beat compared to how it was last season when I experienced yeah. it. Um, so does that come from hard work on a training ground? That's rep? definitely come from hard work. Um, I mean, with, with Steve McLaren, he's definitely worked on shape a lot, which is really proved on the, the, the game. And does
1: that help someone like you? Uh, I know the answer because I played there, but a lot of people outside the game who come and watch, they think of you as a, a wide player, a fair player, a flair player, player, a creative player. But I've been really impressed with your discipline within the shape and your defending and your strength and your tracking back I think at Villa you came on had to do that because we're the period of the game where we really really had to dig in yeah. so as I say that comes from but is that another way of developing your game as well without the ball?
2: Yeah definitely I mean um, I think the most the main thing I learned under this gap was maybe um, off the ball which um so important? So, I've realised it's so important. And, um, I mean, like, you can all be good, all good going forward, but the defensive side is, like, one of the most key things. And I've, I've learnt so much about, like, um, going and in, staying inside, letting the, fo- the full-back get the ball, which normally I would be more out wide and I like, do thread passes through the middle. And that's one thing I'm still learning. I mean, I've still got a lot to learn. I'm going through it with even the last UC cards and Rambo, and um, just one thing I need to keep improving, and hopefully understand more of it. Yeah, that's
1: your all-round game because again, looking at you the other day, you've already said you used to like to stay wide and hug the touchline, but now you seem to be knowing a lot lot better when to drift inside, when to come and yeah. support centrally, you know, when to tuck in so your back can come around you. So as I say, that's all. What's well, credit to you? Yeah, but it's credit you. to the work that you're getting and the, the knowledge that you're getting imparted on the training ground, yeah.
2: Definitely, yeah.
0: And I think in terms <laughs> of the defensive side of your game, I think Yannick Velassi would would agree with that after <laughs> one of the challenges you put in on him. Uh, just looking at to Sheffield United then briefly on Saturday, we seem to thrive on being the underdog. You look at, uh, you mentioned Aston Villa there since, obviously Middlesbrough as well earlier in the, in the season. Uh, other players go in there almost liking the fact that we won't be fancied. We won't be expected to win. It's twenty five thousand at Bramall Lane. They're two points off the automatics. Sheffield United arguably will be expecting to beat ninth place at QPR. Is that perfect for you in terms of that setup?
2: I mean, um, yeah. I mean, um, we've done it in Leeds. I mean, we didn't win, but the performance we put yeah. in yeah. Was, was outstanding. So uh, I, I know we can we can literally play well against any team. So. Going over there, I don't think it's any fast, but um, we just know we need to go out there and put in the same performance as we've done in the likes of Nottingham, the Away, Leeds, and get the win, so yeah.
0: Great stuff. Well, best luck for the second half of the season. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have you heard about the QPR ticket wallet? You can now use the QPR app to store your match or season tickets and gain access through the turnstiles at Loftus Road. You just need to ensure you have the latest version of the QPR app installed on your Apple or Android device and follow the simple instructions on the Ticket tab on the lower navigation. For more details, visit qpr.co.uk. Great there hearing from Bright SA Samuel, and certainly now over the course of the the second half of this season, he'll be hoping to get more and more opportunities, won't he? Because as we said there, when he has been getting those chances he's he's really lifted the crowd and the crowd certainly want to see more of him but conversely as steve mclaren said after the game against leeds united you know i want to bring these youngsters in but the players that are in the team are doing well and getting results so you know you don't want to mix it up
1: too much and that's what it's all about you know competition places, and when you do get called upon whether it's coming off the bench have to make an impact, which Bright has done. Mm. You know, when you're given a start, have to make an impact, which he he did the other day. So yeah, he it'll be knocking on the door, and he'll be giving Steve something to think about, and that also keeps people who are playing on their toes because they know they've got a young kid champing at the bit it's again good. in this side. And knowing that he can come in and do a really, really good job, I'll tell you what I wouldn't mind seeing a foot race
0: between Pavel Shoek and Brighter Say. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so turning to uh, back to Skybet Championship action this weekend, and um, the trip to Sheffield United. They're they're going great this season. Um, what
1: can we expect from this one? <laughs> <laughs> a really, really tough game, as I say every week. But Sheffield United, um, they going well. What they're third in the table. Um, Won the last three, scoring three in each game. You know, uh, came up short against Barnet at the weekend, but there's probably reasons for that. But uh, no, this is going to be a, this is going to be another really tough game again. Going on for twenty five, thirty thousand people, full house, having played at the other side of the city. I know what it's like to go to Bramall Lane. <laughs> that can be. That can be hostile. They get oh, right behind their side.
0: I would imagine being right on the touchline wearing the blue and white of uh, Sheffield Wednesday it's not a good place to be, is it? I, think, or, eh? I
1: think the better places. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: all right when you're winning them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, you talk about that cup defeat for Sheffield United against Barnet. Um, they made 10 changes for that game from the team that won previously in the league. So I think it, it's fair to assume his priority is very much the league and you can understand that when they're in the position they're in. Chris Wilder he's done a fantastic job since getting Sheffield United into the championship and rather than consolidate straight away they've been right up at the, the correct end of the table and they've just progressed this season having had an excellent year last year.
1: Yeah he's done an amazing job Chris Wilder you know to get them promotion the the points total that he got a couple of seasons ago. Had a brilliant season first time up last year you know for I think it was until about this time last year, looked like they could go through another league. Uh, just fell away a little bit. But I think he'll have looked at that. He'll have learned by that. And they're better for that. Uh, you know, they've got some quality players on this side. You know, Chris, it's a Sheffield boy. He's got that affinity. He knows what those fans who pay their hard-earned money won from his teams. He was like that as a player. He instils that. Uh, so, yeah, we go to Bramall Lane and... Uh, it's game on, but you know we've been to we've been to Leeds, put on a really good show and came unstuck uh, by a poor decision. We've gone up to Aston Villa. Uh, we, we we sound a bit blase here. I don't think we fear going anywhere now. Mm. Is the pressure on them? Yeah, home side, great position. You know um, they need to cement where they are. I've already said they were in a similar situation last year and fell away. They won't want that to happen. <laughs> Big crowds can. Be a huge advantage, they can actually be a hindrance as well, because if you go there and have 25 minutes, if you've shut them out and limited them to, to nothing, the grumbling start because they automatically think, you know, we're a big side, we're big ground, we've got big, big attendances, we should be rolling teams over, so Steve will have a, a game plan worked out, as he does week after week after week, and uh, yeah, it's one to look forward to. I think it's a great one for us, because again, it'll show where we are and how far we've come. Yeah, it's a great yardstick for us to measure ourselves against. Yeah, as I said, we've been to a few places, big clubs, and we always seem to thrive on, or we, we certainly in the last couple of years, thrive on being slightly un, under uh, the underdog, if you like. But, you know, we've got players on our side that Sheffield United will be fearful of. Um, so, yeah, game on, want to look forward to.
0: Do you think Steve McLaren would be tempted to start any of the, the players that did so well for him um,
1: against Leeds in the cup? I think he might be tempted, but I think looking at the last league performance, which was very good, I think if everyone's fit and we're not privy to that at this moment in time, I think he'd probably go back to very close to what was against Aston Villa, uh, you know, the, the last league game in. But uh, as we've said a couple of times, what he saw against Leeds at the weekend will certainly be in his mind and he'll know. And the players who didn't play against Leeds, as we've already said, will know they've got to be on the game. Otherwise, someone's breathing down the neck to take their shirt. Uh, we've spoken frequently about the uh, the way the season started and the first
0: four league defeats. I think we get some sort of bizarre pleasure from it now because we, we've managed to turn it around and do so well since then. But this is our first chance to exercise the ghosts of those four games. Of course Sheffield United were one of those four sides. They beat us in the first home game of the season 2-1. Will that play any part in the mentality of the players? I can imagine with the West Brom one in particular people will be thinking right we want to show that we're a far better team now but in terms of this being one of the four sides will they want to have that extra oomph to say look we want to show you we're not that team anymore?
1: I probably wouldn't have thought so because if you look at the Sheffield United game, I thought for 40 minutes we were excellent. You know, Beresin scores a really good goal. I think on that day he had about three, four, five shots from long range that mm. were close. You know, we were we were totally in control. We conceded just before half time. That seemed to goals change games and the timing of goals changed games, so they would have gone in the half-time. Boyd, we would have gone in a little bit flat. Second half, there was nothing in it. On that day, I remember as if it was yesterday, Mm. we were on the end of what I thought was a really poor uh, decision. The penalty decision against Jake Bidwell. Jake Bidwell. They score that and they walk off um, winners, you know, but um, I remember speaking to Chris Wilder before that game, they had lost their first couple of games of the season and uh, that was a little bit... I wouldn't say pressure, but, you know, there was a few grumblings about how they had fallen away last year. And so uh, uh, credit to him. But now I, I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't have thought it would play any part at all. I think we're a completely different team, a completely different animal to what we were on that first game of the season. We're on a good run. So are they. So uh, you go toe-to-toe with them and see who comes out on top. Take a point take a point. I don't think you ever underestimate a point in the Championship, certainly at places like Sheffield United. But, yeah, take a point, but I'm really, really looking forward to us, and has no, I see no reason at all why we can't go there and get three, but uh, as long as we get something positive on the board, I'll be happy. Great stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week
0: uh, to look back on that trip to Sheffield United. Let's see how we can get on at the home of the Blades for that one and then of course previewing our next home game which will be against Preston at Loftus Road. Thanks for listening to the Loftcast.